Please join me in prayer. As we know together that the one source of the universe, the one creator, the one ultimate ground of being, the spirit that we call God, we call Allah, goes by many names, but it is one. And it is infinite and it permeates all of its creation. So right here and now, I celebrate the presence of spirit in this place, knowing that spirit has shown up not only in this place, but as each person within this place. So we center ourselves in our understanding and our conviction that we are spiritual beings enjoying a human experience. And this human experience this morning includes this Teze gathering. So I give thanks for each one that has come today and I know and affirm that each one receives that which he or she came for. Each one shares that which they came to give. That each one is inspired and uplifted as this Teze unfolds with grace, joy, love, peace, beauty, and truth. And so with a grateful heart, I accept this as so right here and now, and we anchor this into being by saying together, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Chris, for opening our service so beautifully. And so we'll begin this morning with our chant, joining our voices. Love, serve, and remember. For the last time this month. <laughs>
when Maharaji, the Indian guru known as Neem Karoli Baba, was asked what the fastest way to enlightenment was, he simply replied, love everyone, serve everyone, remember God, and tell the truth. These tenets appear too simple for those who look for the difficult. A committed undertaking of these directions is often met with complicated justifications for resistance and tell the truth. These tenets appear too simple for those who look for the difficult. A committed undertaking of these directions is often met with complicated justifications for resistance. Doesn't enlightenment come from a more arduous and lengthy sacrificial practice? What could Maharaji have meant? To love everyone means to see them as they truly are, a soul a divine emanation of the one. They are not their identity, their personality. That is but a costume worn for our karmic interactions. There is only one of us. To serve everyone means to find what is yours to do and offer your abilities to feed, clothe, shelter, and support one another. As Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Again, there is only one of us. Remember God means to reawaken to the one principle. God is all there is. It is our perception that causes us to close our hearts. The theme continues. There is only one of us. And to tell the truth Telling the truth contains all the elements of faith, trust, and unwavering knowing. There is no need to manipulate the other, for there is no other. In this deep acceptance that there is no other, we take a moment to acknowledge our oneness with spirit, with one another, and with our global community. And so envisioning a web of consciousness that surrounds and infuses our planet and accepting that each one of us is a radiant point of light in that web. Noticing that every human, with no exceptions, that every creature shines with an infinite light. Every plant, every rock, and grain of sand. The soil, 
and the water that combine to grow our food, all alive with the divine spark, extending far beyond our planet and out into the cosmos. So take a moment to feel that light that radiates within you and in your mind's eye and in your body. Allow it to expand so that it fills every cell, every atom, and all of the space in between until it radiates from you. And envision all of creation radiating that same light with no boundaries and no separation. The light that you are enmeshed with the light of every being, with all of creation. Allowing our minds and our bodies and our hearts to sense the oneness we acknowledge our responsibility to our human family, to all life forms, and to our beautiful planet that sustains us all. Centered in our oneness, we turn now to this month's theme for the final time, Six Paths to Deeper Connection. And we shift our attention and our contemplation to the title for this morning's gatherings, Two Sides of One Coin. We may think back to the beginning of the month and remember that prayer and meditation can be compared to the breathing in and breathing out of the spiritual life. Of the six pillars, they are the two foundational practices that support the rest of the journey. They help us to know and accept our humanity and our divinity. Last week we looked at the sacred practices of circulation and sacred service. The cycle of giving and receiving is forever at work, whether we know it or not. We start the cycle in motion by our giving. As we make the conscious choice to engage in circulation or sacred service, we let go of expectations. We do not give in order to get. We do not give in exchange for what we have been given. We give for the sheer joy of giving. We acknowledge that it is the spirit of the giving that is returned to us a hundredfold. This week concludes our contemplations of the six paths by spending some time with sacred study and celebration, the two sides of the conscious opening coin. Many of us are so intellectually oriented that we can easily misunderstand the purpose of sacred study. It is meant to inspire us to change and to show us how to change. 
Some spiritual books are written to be inspirational. They bring us the beauty and diversity of life and the unchanging principles that stand behind the diversity, irrespective of time and place. Inspirational writings are uplifting and help us to find our unity with life. Other books and materials are intended to be instructional, to guide us in finding psychological exercises and reflections that might benefit us, or spiritual practices that may suit us. Sacred study causes us to open our minds or to witness where they are closed, where we already know what we know. It stretches our compassion, our empathy, our understanding. It offers us a spiritual education What does the word education mean? From its Latin roots, it means to lead out. A spiritual education or sacred study offers our human self a chance to be led out of the misunderstanding that we are only human. It offers an opportunity to further explore its divinity. Krishnamurti asks us to consider what is the purpose of education? Is it to prepare us to understand the process we call life? He says, life is something extraordinarily wide and profound. It is a great mystery, a vast realm in which we function as human beings. The birds, the flowers, the flourishing trees, the heavens, the stars, the rivers, and the fish therein. All this is life. Life is the poor and the rich. 
Life is the constant battle between groups, races, and nations. Life is meditation. Life is what we call religion. And it is also the subtle, hidden things of the mind. The envies, the ambitions, the passions, the fears, fulfillments, and anxieties. All this and much more is life. But we generally prepare ourselves to understand only one small corner of it. Education is meaningless unless it helps us to understand the subtleties of life, its extraordinary beauty, its sorrows, its joys. It is the function of education to cultivate intelligence in you. And what is intelligence? The capacity to think freely, without fear, without a formula, so that you begin to discover for yourself what is real, what is true. Krishnamurti goes on to say that most of us have fear in one form or another. And where there is fear, there is no intelligence. We take this into the silence for a moment. Where there is fear, there is no intelligence. Sacred study has many benefits. We may receive instruction that deepens our spiritual practices. We may find a new understanding of a familiar spiritual principle, or perhaps a concept that is completely new to us. We may find meaningful phrases that we incorporate into our prayers, or we may simply find divine inspiration. Eknath Warren told us, mystical literature differs from other writing in that as our understanding deepens, we draw more from it. But there is no limit to the profundity of spiritual writings because they have come from those whose consciousness has merged with the infinite. We take away as much as we can carry.
In reading the mystics, we draw upon the experience of those who have climbed the mountain before us, those who know the path and the trials we may face. We hear from those who have committed to their journey. Their challenges and obstacles provide perspective on our own and their victories over their challenges give us hope. When we read the writing of the mystics, any of the world's sacred scriptures, or mystical poetry, we are given an atlas for our own journey, a choice of myriad paths into the divine mystery. Some paths may attract us, others will not. It is ours to choose a path with heart, the one that calls us most strongly. All paths lead to the same mountaintop. Sacred study also gives us phrases to contemplate in meditation. As we enter the sacred silence, I invite you to reflect, reflect upon one of these quotes. What you seek is seeking you. You were never born and you will never die. Be still and know that I am God.
gently bringing our awareness back to the here and now. We celebrate our time together in the silence, grateful for the mystics and the inspiration they provide, the truth they reveal, their example of living a spiritual life, and grateful that their work is so readily available to us. Thank you, God, for everyone and everything. I invite you to know with me now that Spirit is moving powerfully through each of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. As Reverend Diana speaks to us of celebration, we listen with open hearts and minds. Our sacred study has prepared us to celebrate our divinity together. They are truly two sides of one coin. We practice the discipline of celebration inwardly. When we take time to reflect on God's presence in our lives. When we acknowledge that every day is a gift from the unseen hand. We recognize that the world we live in, the beauty we see, the food we eat, the companionship we enjoy, all the blessings that we have come from the one source. We rejoice in the flow of grace that moves through our lives. We live with peace in our hearts, knowing that our needs are always met. Our inward celebration, rooted in our faith, our joy and peace, and our gratitude also brings about outward celebration. This outward display of devotion can take form as worship or praise. Some take part quietly, while others may use words, music, dance, and the lifting of arms to express themselves. Sometimes we celebrate outwardly by joining together with friends and family or spiritual community to share the joys, the victories, and milestones that we experience, or simply for the joy of knowing and experiencing our oneness. The practice of celebration grounds us in a deep sense of belonging. Closing with the words of Thomas Merton. Let me rest in your will and be silent. Then the light of your joy will warm my life. Its fire will burn in my heart 
and shine for your glory. This is what I live for. Amen. 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 And a Celtic prayer of joy. As the hand is made for holding and the eye for seeing, you have fashioned me for joy. Share with me the vision that finds that joy everywhere, in the wild violet's beauty, in the lark's melody, in the face of a steadfast man, in a child's smile, in a mother's love, in the purity of spirit. So I share with you this morning from the book Prayers of Honoring, Prayers of Honoring Voice by Pixie Lighthorse, Honoring Curiosity. Thank you for this day to question everything. Inspire me to quench my thirst for knowledge and answers. Remove my apologies for needing to ask who, what, why, and how. Expose me to the teachers who can engage my mind and explain to me how it's done, how it works, how it's made, how it's all connected. Sign me up for the course of life with the sole purpose of marveling at the wonders of the world. Strengthen me as a student of the extraordinary. Help me look behind the curtain and glimpse new worlds invisible to the bored, ambivalent, and indifferent. Activate my imagination so that I may recognize and rescue treasure when I find it. Open my mind and develop my fascination with inquiry. Heal my cluelessness. Help me observe my people and look more deeply into them. Show me their iridescent colors, their beauty. Let me be willing to dig deeply with self-forged tools in order to know them in a sacred way. Let me know the earth this way, too, and the feral creatures, the captivating biology of movement uninvolved with the pace of modern technology. Remind me to continue my quest for natural intelligence like Raven does. Studying intricacies, managing complexity, and maintaining communications with others in the kingdom let me turn the cranks to see what happens, 
and examine the results with consideration. Instill in me a determination for engagement in life, to be part of it, mixed up in it, and not a complaining spectator. Curb my cynicism and the need to have it all figured out. Disconcern me with what others think. Encourage me to investigate what I am called to know more about. Help me use my voice to formulate the questions that will crack codes and bring about even more questions. Support my inklings and help me to follow my intuition to new frontiers. Aid me in experiencing the joy that comes from removing passivity. Strengthen my muscles for scouting and rooting. And let me test my theories with you at my side. Catch me when I fall and set me upright again. And so continuing with our deep knowing, there is only one, one source, one life, one heart, one divine intelligence. And I am, and you are, a perfect, intentional, and irreplaceable expression of that one. As I allow this truth to infuse every aspect of my being, I am at peace. I commit myself to a life of sacred study and celebration that I might come to know myself as the God that I am. That I might come to know all beings as the divine spark that they are. I seek only to love, to serve, to remember, and to tell the truth, knowing that this is what I'm here for. It's really that simple. I am ready to offer myself in ways that serve the highest expression of life. My life, the lives of family and friends, and ultimately the lives of my global community. It can only be this way because there's only one of us here. And so I willingly express myself in all of my radiance as I grow and evolve to become ever more myself. I am so grateful. And so it is. Amen. We are held in
child receives protection from a mother's warm embrace. We are held in the hands of grace. You are held in the hands of grace. you back now into our space gently let go of the meditative state allow yourself to become aware of your senses of your body and of the sacred community that joins you this morning It's time for us to close our Teze meditation. And as we do, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial gifts, should you choose to, in support of the work that we do here and in the community. And if you're joining us online, you can go to mysticheart.org and find a donate button or our mailing address. And we thank you in advance for your gifts. So join us in song as we allow this time.
for all of the gifts that you offer, your time, your talent, your skill, your treasure. We receive these gifts with open and gracious hearts, and so it is. And so, um, if you're staying to join us today for Conscious Conversation, you'll get an extension, a deepening, and even more around sacred service and celebration. There's coffee on the front porch for you in between times. Um, and if you stay for lunch today, and I'll mention the second half, we're offering our lunch donations to Farmer's Footprint for the next several months. Uh, we'd like to purchase at least an acre for $100 to be regenerated in the next year. So that is our goal with our lunch. So we'll bless you on your way with a soul's blessing. <laughs> soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony, and may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness. May success find you everywhere. Always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. God bless you. Happy Sunday. Coffee on the veranda. <laughs> We take this moment to remember, to remind ourselves that there is only one, one life, one love, one peace, one poise, one power, one creator. And that creator is present in all of its creation, right here, right now. Spirit, God, Allah, whatever we want to call it, shows up as us, as our inspiration, as the gifts we bring, as the curiosity that brings us here. Spirit is here to experience itself in its infinite form as each one of us here. So we take this moment to celebrate our oneness with spirit, knowing that we are spiritual beings, enjoying a human experience, not the other way around. So centered in 
our spirituality centered in the Christ consciousness, which is the core of our being. I give thanks for this morning, this beautiful late summer morning, this time together with our beloved community, spiritual family, friends, this time that uplifts us, inspires us, and moves us along our spiritual path with grace and ease. That is why we're here, to live and grow in spirit. And so I accept for each one here that that happens in a new and powerful way this morning. That spirit is revealed in all its glory and that that inspires our life and that our life inspires others as it ripples out throughout the world. So I accept that this service this morning unfolds powerfully and perfectly filled with love, filled with joy, filled with powerful insights as we come together in conscious conversation and fill in the missing puzzle pieces for one another. Truly beloved community. So at this point I let go, I let God, I let it unfold perfectly knowing that it does so as together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you again for that beautiful opening to this part two of Sacred mm -hmm. Celebration, Sacred Study, Sacred Celebration. So we're going to start out by, you know, you know what the routine is. <laughs> we're going to welcome you to the Mystic Heart. We say good morning and welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family, with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. Everything's possible through prayer. Welcome to the mystic heart. All right, let's get up and move a little bit if you wanna. If you wanna. Everybody, get up on your feet. See the light in everybody you meet. Let us make a joyful sound. Here we stand. 
Conversations by acknowledging our oneness with all that is, with our global community, with the power of our unity. So take a nice deep breath in. Take a moment to just ground yourself. But no need to close your eyes and all that stuff unless you want to. Whatever. But I am going to invite you to embody this oneness by standing up for this portion of our meditation, to gather the creative juices by standing, to embody the very power of creation, to connect with the divine intelligence, to know that this is where 
the new story of our world begins. Hold with me the vision of a love-soaked world where peace and joy and abundance and generosity and justice and freedom are the living principles that guide our lives. Where all humans practice loving kindness and care for our beautiful planet as the sacred mother that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met. Where all beings have plenty of nourishing food. The safety of a comfortable and warm home. Education healthy relationships, medical care, right livelihood, creative contribution, and a deep sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued for their inherent goodness and light. Where the peace we cultivate within us shows up as a world free of violence and free of hatred. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there is absolute abundance and simply having enough, where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a full, rich, and contented life. In this more conscious and conscientious world, every member of the human family serves as a vessel through which God's Love can flow. God's blessings can flow. And so, as we serve as vessels, there's no reason that we cannot have such a world. So any excuses, any reasons, any cynicism, any negativity whatsoever that might be creeping into your mind right now, throw it out. There is no reason we cannot have such a world. Can I have an amen? Amen. We call it forth now, knowing that it's taking form right here and now, as we hold space and speak our powerful word, hold our powerful vision. Moving forward, we align our actions to support and nurture this graceful unfolding. We call it good. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Ah, ah, there we go. All juiced up now. <laughs> juiced up and ready to go. One of the powerful tools that we have at our disposal all the time. You're laughing at me. That's good. I like it. At our disposal is conscious conversation. Each one of us every day as we move through our days has the power of conscious conversation. Should we choose to be conscious in our conversation? <laughs> this is a conversation that includes deep listening, in, inwardly and to those to whom we are listening. It is a conversation that uses words to build up rather than tear down. It is a conversation where we think and then speak. Is it true what I'm about to say? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? 
and is it kind? And it's a conversation where we remember that conversation is always creative, whether we know it or not. And so we're always engaging in creation, creating something with our conversation. So this morning, our topic has been two sides of one coin. And in our Tese meditation, we spent time contemplating the idea that sacred study and celebration can be seen as two sides of the conscious opening coin. Two ways to consciously open ourselves. In sacred study, we're opening to new concepts, new ideas, new practices, new ways of viewing life. Opening our minds. Sacred study is about opening our minds. And in celebration, we're opening our hearts to one another and to God, to spirit, to the universe, to infinite intelligence, so that it might flow more freely through our lives. So if you missed the first one, you can go to the website and check it out. Because it's the other piece of the puzzle to what we're about to do right now. So I'd like to begin the conversation by asking this question. What is the purpose of spirituality? In your mind, in your heart, what is the purpose of spirituality? I'm more alive when I'm connected. Okay, I'm more alive when I'm connected. More at peace. More at peace. Saner. Saner. <laughs> I feel more... Sane. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it adds a depth to life. Peace. Adds peace. Touching the source. Okay, it allows us to touch the source. Tapping in. Tapping in. Yeah. Being aware. Being aware. Okay, good. Anything else? Being love. Being love. Yeah, the world's in need of a lot of that, huh? Mm. Yeah. So, you mean it's not to become so enlightened that all of our unwanted circumstances just disappear? I wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. If we look at the mystics and the masters of all ages and traditions, what we notice is that spiritual connection is what helped them to walk through the unwanted circumstances as a light, not to put the unwanted circumstances to rest. So it helps us to walk through the unwanted conditions and circumstances in our life with as much grace as we have when the wanted things are present, with as much joy and as much peace as when everything we ever wanted is right before us. So what does it mean to study? something. Sacred study. What's it mean to study something? To learn new concepts about who we are. Okay. To learn new concepts about who we are. Yeah. I, I just recently learned a concept called reciprocal feeding. Uh-huh. Reciprocal feeding, yes. So it's a back and forth. Uh-huh. So study is a back and forth. It's taking in, sort of digesting, putting it back out into practice, right? Yeah. Anything else about what it means to study? 
to apply intelligence? Growth. Okay, so growth. Study helps us to grow and to apply mm -hmm. our intelligence. Yeah. Okay. To keep us connected. To keep us connected. So that ties in even with my next question. So if that study, what is sacred study? Keeping us connected. Taking it in little bites here. Ah. What is sacred study? Keeping connected. It's okay. For me, it's um, looking at other people's, or other teachers, other um, ideas that can lead me to a place that they're talking about. And there's different elements okay. and different kinds of okay. teachings. But by doing the study, I get an idea that there are many paths. All right. So, so taking a look at many paths, mm -hmm. at many teachers, yeah. and observing how, how and what those teachers put forth, and then do you weigh that with yourself to see how that fits for you or doesn't fit for you? Yeah. For me, it helps me stay open. Okay, stay open. Because if I get stuck in thinking that I know everything, <laughs> then there's a the problem there. So, uh, yeah. To me, it helps me stay open. Okay. And there's some things out there maybe I don't already know. Ah, really? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought you knew everything. There's only a few. Just only a few. <laughs> so sacred study helps me to stay connected in a way that helps me to know that there are things that I do not yet know and maybe... I should open my heart and mind to, to different ways of seeing and to being. When I call it sacred study, I notice I'm more, it's like a consistent practice because it's a sacred oh. thing, so it's like, so I have to stay consistent, so that oh, flow nice. stays, I stay in a state of flow. Okay, so sacred, sacred study implies consistency to help us stay in a sacred flow I'm or not, I connection. Get and I get okay. comfortable and I'm not focus, and I'm upset more. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm a crier anyway, y'all know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think many of us in this room are criers. Us. Sorry, welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, that consistency helps us to stay grounded and flowing in our own lives. Yeah. So earlier this morning, we said that it's the function of education to cultivate intelligence in you. Just education in general. And we defined intelligence as the capacity to think freely, without fear, without a formula, so that you begin to discover for yourself what is real and what is true. So we don't say, please check your brain in at the door as you walk mm -hmm. in. We say, weigh this out for yourself. How does this feel in your body? How does it feel in your heart? We took this quote from Krishnamurti into the silence, and I'm going to bring it back because it was one that I heard a couple people go, oh, interesting. Most of us have fear in one form or another, and where there is fear, there is no intelligence. Wow. <laughs> I'd like to talk a little more about that. I took that one into the silence, but now we're going to bring it out of the silence and talk about it. What do you suppose he meant by that quote? Where there is fear, there is no intelligence. Well, when you're in fear, you're not in love. Okay. So then if you're not in love, you're in fear, then you're not in your brain. 
Oh, okay. you are in your brain. Oh, oh, and in your brain, brain and, and your, not, and you're not your in your heart. heart. Okay, so when you're in fear, you're not in love. You're in your brain and not in your heart. Okay, nice. What else? Well, just out in physical, I think a lot of times fear comes from a lack of understanding or knowledge about the thing mm -hmm. that, you're, that you're afraid of. Or you think yeah. you're afraid of, but it's not actually real, and it's just grounded in a place of, I don't want to say ignorance, but... But, <laughs> but I ignorance, did, but yeah. I <laughs> so there it is, yeah. So when we're in fear, we're grounded in a place sometimes of just not knowing and thinking we're afraid of something, but not really understanding or being ignorant that makes sense. about that what's really sense. happening. And as soon as we learn more what's really happening, sometimes that fear can just be dispelled. Because what? if you know, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Heather. Well, if you really are in that knowing, then there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like, there's some of us that have severe phobias of certain things, and if we go there in our mind, we spiral. So, right. like, I have a specific one. Mm -hmm. And so I'm good with being ignorant. And yeah. I'm, I'm cool. Right. Because I don't want to spiral. I need to stay grounded. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The Apostle John said that um, the love no fear, perfect love casts out all fear. Ah, and perfect so, love casts out all fear. If all, if all perfect love is coming from God and God is intelligence, then mm -hmm. fear is not coming from him. It's not from okay, so, so when we're in love, that is a connection with spirit, with God. When we're in fear, that's not coming from that divine connection. So we're out of step or out of alignment with God. Fear, what I found out about fear, I was, I was very fearful my whole life because my, my childhood, we moved all the time so I never knew where I was going to be. So I wasn't sure all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took somebody in Mount Shasta up on the mountain and it was the first snow and it started snowing really and I went into fear mm -hmm. and that was real fear. Yeah. And all the other stuff that I felt was right. in my head fear. Right. And that's <laughs> what real fear looks like. No. And then I, yeah. so I don't have fear anymore because right. I felt how it felt to have real fear. Right. And the other was all in my hand illusion. Yeah. So there is a place for fear in our lives. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it's to protect us. And it's things like getting frozen, freezing to death on Mount Shasta. Well, that's, I was afraid I was going to you know, fall off a cliff. Or fall off a cliff. Slide <laughs> off because it was getting worse and she didn't want to turn back. Yeah. And I went, wait a minute, I'm in fear, I'm leaving. So, but a lot of what we fear is in our heads. In nature, fear animals can be freeze their position when, mm -hmm. when they are startled. They freeze. They freeze. And then sometimes they flee. And sometimes they don't. Yeah. Fight or flight. Fight or flight. That uh, false fear that mm -hmm. comes out of our heads. I, I think what Christian Murphy's saying there is, is that causes like an eclipse. Right. The intelligence is still there, but it's not mm -hmm. accessible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like the sun is still there when the right. eclipse is happening, but it's dark. Right. Because we have we have chemicals that are released in our brains that actually physically do that when we're in fear. The chemicals surge, and all intelligence goes out the window. Our ability to think clearly disappears for a bit. So fear also it causes us to see through distorted lenses, right? When we're in fear, whoop, we have the sudden lens that we're looking through. And that's distorted. We're looking through distorted lenses and then the facts get scrambled. What's real and true gets scrambled 
the truth is blurred from our ability to perceive it. So do you think spiritual study helps to dispel fear? Usually. Usually, okay. If you ask the questions, they get help and seek them. If you ask the questions, get help and, and seek. seek. So if you do the work. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm going to add something. If you let go of the story. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we all have our stories of this is just who I am. This is how I came here. This is me. This is my personality. This is what I do. Clinging to that story is going to get in your way of allowing that to become a thing of the past. Right? So spiritual study can help dispel fear, but it takes your active engagement, your consistent participation, and your willingness to let go of what isn't serving you. Didn't you say the educated word for education in the last uh, mm -hmm. session was to lead out? To lead out. That's what the word, the Latin for education means lead out. So it's leading out of our sense of we're only human, we're tied by our humanness, and it's leading us into our divinity and our true connection. So it seems to me, I don't know, do you agree that that sacred study helps to build our intelligence if it's helping to release fear? Yes. Okay. So there's a book by um, Scott Edmund Miller, He's not any great spiritual teacher or anything, but he wrote a great book, and it's called The User's Guide to Being Human. It's one of the books I'm going to be using in September for the Wednesday class. And he suggests that there are three levels of study. So this is one man's per perception, but I think it can be valid, um, whether sacred study or otherwise. So he talks about three levels. The first is basic study, just basic study. If you were to guess what basic study involves, what would you guess that to be? How to live. Okay, how to live. So think about the process of, Survival. say you're going to take a class, or you're going to go to the bookstore, buy a book, or you're going to... What is the basic study of that material involved? Just reading it. Just reading it. Okay, so you read it. Read Front it. to back, you read it. Okay? You might take notes. Maybe, maybe you might take notes. Underline things that are important. <laughs> Underline lots, yeah. Yeah, right in the margins. Okay. Yeah, so even if there are questions or exercises or practices, you just read about them. You read past them. I take this as my first reading of any book I'm going to teach or that I might teach. That's my first reading. No pen in hand. Just cover, cover, read it. What do I feel about that book? And then let the concepts float around in your mind. Take it with you. Nothing wrong with basic study, but that's one level. Then there's intermediate study, according to him. So how might that be different? Well, you underline everything or okay. look up words that you're not quite sure All right. the meaning so that the context of the sentence makes more sense. Okay, so you're looking up words you don't understand. You're underlining concepts that are grabbing you. Anything else? There's exercises if you're doing them rather than... Oh, you're doing the exercises. Okay, <laughs> got it. Good. Sitting and maybe journaling the questions for yourself. Maybe trying out the practices to see how they settle in you. You, so notice, you notice the essentials more. You focus. Okay, so you focus more on the essentials. What's essential about what I'm reading? 
And how might I apply it in my life? Yeah, how can I actually use this? Why is it useful? And do I apply it? For, even for just a bit of time to test it out. So this deepens your understanding, right, of the material that you're, that you're studying. The author says that you will develop greater effectiveness in using your innate capacities and will empower yourself to more consciously shape your own life when you engage at an intermediate level rather than just a basic level. That's not to say that one's right and one is wrong. It's just saying you do this, you get this effect. You do that, you get a different effect. And finally, collaborative study is his third level of study. So what might that look like? Studying with someone else. Studying with someone else. Collaborative. Yeah. Group study. Group study. So, so partnership. Immersing yourself in it and applying okay. and practicing what you're learning with your peers. Okay, great. Yeah, so immersing yourself in the study and then applying it and, and maybe discussing it with other people in a group setting. This is what our classes and book clubs and all of that, is, it's intended to meet a need for collaborative study because we find that um, when you're sharing and listening to other people's experiences, number one, you don't feel so alone, like you're, you've lost your mind and this is only your thing. <laughs> You're seeing yourself reflected in other people. You're there to support other people through their growth. You're there to engage with others in those practices. Like in some of the classes, we do group meditation, which holds a very different energy than individual meditation. So it empowers you to more consciously shape your own life and engage with the world, but with your circle, with your support circle, whatever that is. Miller says that by milling around through various daily experiences and interacting with other people and things, our inner thinkers continually ponder everything under the sun, including the nature of self, relationships, competition, cooperation, values, spirituality, the laws of the universe, and so on. These thoughts lay the groundwork for every detail of how we live our lives. So when you can share your thoughts with other people and listen to their thoughts, additional growth is made in that process. So there were three more quotes from the book. They're short, but I wanted to share them with you. Yes, I'm hoping you'll feel compelled to take a class. <laughs> Honest. Yep. Gotta be transparent. Yep. <laughs> okay, the first one says, to know something in and of itself is of little value. To apply what you know is to give your knowledge actual concrete value. So we all know lots of stuff, but we don't always apply it all. I'm speaking for myself. The second one says, we tend to get overly caught up in the, quote, truth of a thought or idea, making it rigid. <laughs> inflexible, yeah. halting its development. The real value of any idea is not in its degree of truth, but rather in its degree of usefulness. How can I use this in my life? Is this making me a better person? And the third one, the best thinking is the kind of thinking that is always evolving. 
boy, we tend to get stuck, don't we? This is what I know. This is my belief system. I did that for many years in New Thought because I went in without much religious background at all. My own personal connection was always through the teachings of Jesus as a child, but not because my family did anything with church. They were pretty much unreligious. And so I went into New Thought and I got a level of teachings that were wide. I interpreted them the way I was ready to interpret them and then I got stuck for a while in that interpretation because now I'd found, oh, this is the way it works. Until I came through that and went, oh, okay, yes and, yes and. There's always an and. I'd say something about group study. One of my favorite things about group study is that if I'm willing to share kind of a half-baked idea, mm -hmm. that somebody else will, will fill that in for me. Right. And the group, the group mind, the hive mind, I the guess, hive mind. kind of brings, fleshes that thing out. Yeah. You know, it helps. I think it helps us all. That's uh, true. Grasp it a little bit better. So, for for those at home, um, when we bring sort of a half-developed idea into a group, then the group mind has an opportunity to fully develop it or further develop those ideas in ways that might be helpful to anyone else in the room. It's as if each has a different perspective and. From mm -hmm. that perspective, the, the light is widened. Right. Mm -hmm. Each has a different perspective, and so that light that we're creating is widened. I just want to say right now, I, I want to stop looking at the clock. This is why I switched formats altogether. Um, so in any conscious conversation, we may or may not end by 11.30. That's just how it is. I'm going to quit looking at the clock now. I feel so much better. Okay, so enough about study. We've kind of done a little bit with that. You get a good sense of what sacred study is and the, and the possibilities that it offers in your life. So let's talk a little bit about the spiritual practice of celebration. Woohoo! 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 <laughs> we spent time contemplating this morning. So let's give some outward, let's spend some words on this. What is celebration? Gratitude. Gratitude, okay. Joyful expression. Joyful expression. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Joyful expression. It's grounding. Grounding. I mean, yeah. I get out in the living room and I dance and get down in my root chakra. There you go. I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing. Getting down in the root chakra. I, I'm the same way. Celebrating we're one family. Celebrating that we're one family. Emily. Praise. Praise. Yeah, so we talked about kind of two different ways of celebrating this morning. One is an inward celebration, a sense of expressing just within ourselves deep gratitude and seeing the divine in everything and counting our blessings and just feeling a presence and a connection and being grateful for that. So that's our inward celebration. And then we have outward celebration, which is more the praise and the worship and the dancing and, and the, the singing and the music and the arms flying in the air. We don't have enough of that here for my taste. <laughs> so I want to move us yeah. in that direction. I, I just 
that's part of coming up in the church that I did. It was very still and nobody moved. And it was really challenging for me because you know me, I can't keep still. That's just the way it is. Years ago, I was in a church. like that. I tend to go to sleep. Oh, <laughs> I want you going to sleep. I was in a church years ago where the minister told us we couldn't be charismatic. Boy, did I leave that church. Always, and I laughed. I said, forget that. That's not me. Yeah, yeah. That was really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, really they were. Plus, for us energy people, like, uh -huh. you know, your energies get stuck. And right. If you don't start moving around, you change the energy, change the frequency, yeah. and then it's infectious, and then she starts getting down in the root chakra, and you start right. moving around. That's and right. Down, and it just lifts up the whole energy of the room. It right? does. It, it lifts really the whole energy. Over. You're right. And that's why we made this shift, because what I was feeling was one service, the energy was going down and coming up down and coming up and I'm like whoa we're on a roller coaster here. Roller this isn't coaster. working so now we go down we have coffee we come up and it works it's working I think can I express <laughs> something important that yeah. I got from the earlier session it was an image mm -hmm. of the old-fashioned pump that you would have in the kitchen and you get water that way you push the handle down mm -hmm. and when the handle came back up essentially it was breathing Okay. You have the flow, and then you have the recovery, and All that right. so much reminds me of the heart pumping mm -hmm. and our breath pumping, right? Uh, and providing so you can't have one without the other. Right. And it seemed to me you and Chris do that perfectly. Well, thank you. It is a cycle. I mean, everything is a cycle. Everything's a cycle. From our very breath, we talked about prayer and meditation as a cycle. One, the breathing in. One, the breathing out, and it. It doesn't matter how you define each one, but one is more inward connecting to humanness, one's more outward connecting to humanness, inward connecting to divinity, and it's a, it's a complete cycle. And I feel like the same thing is true of study and celebration. You know, one is an expanding of your, your mind, of your, of your understanding, and one is an expanding of your heart and an expression. So they form a complete cycle between the two of them. So what does the practice of celebration do for our faith? Does it do anything for our faith? I think it brings the, the vibration of it higher, a lot higher. Okay, brings the vibration of faith much higher. It enhances it. It enhances our faith. Makes you happy. Makes you happy. It gets into our body. Get, okay, we can embody it. Yeah. Gives permission. It gives us permission. It recharges our batteries. Recharges our batteries, yeah. Nice. So what are some ways that we can practice celebration? Singing and dancing. Singing and dancing. Art. Art? <clears throat> Any of the arts, whether it's musical chanting. or chanting. Having lunch together. Having lunch together. <laughs> Anything with an element of joy and love is and a celebration and sharing. Yeah. So here are some ideas too to throw out into all that. It's again, yes and. So be grateful in all of that. Maintaining a sense of gratitude. 
Henri Nguyen said that gratitude goes beyond the mine and thine and claims the truth that all of life is a pure gift. In the past, I always thought, he, always thought of gratitude as a spontaneous response to the awareness of gifts received. But now, I realize that gratitude can also be lived as a discipline. Yes. The discipline of gratitude is the explicit effort to acknowledge that all I am and have is given to me as a gift. A gift of love, a gift to be celebrated with joy. So be grateful. Don't take yourself so seriously. Oh gosh. Right? Laugh a lot. Laugh at yourself a lot. See the humor in the silly things we do. We all do silly things. Laugh at your mistakes. Laugh at something when it's funny to you. Laugh when you're happy. Just laugh. I laugh a lot. I laugh a lot. And I laugh loud, I'm told. <laughs> That's why I like being around you. <laughs> worship fully. When you worship, worship fully. And that doesn't look the same for everyone. One person might be sitting in the midst of a, a crazy, upbeat gathering with their eyes closed, worshiping fully. And other people might be up and dancing and swinging their arms and doing what spirit wants to move through them. That's worshiping fully. Get into it. Sing like nobody's listening. Dance like nobody's watching. You know, all that stuff. Got that on my meditation room wall. How about smile? Smile. Celebrate everything and everyone. When something good happens in the world, celebrate it. We let the good things go by because we're so entrenched in the negativity. We get stuck in all the awful things, either in our personal lives or in the news. Hmm. Look for the good. Celebrate that. Yes, we deal with the negative, but celebrate the good. I was when I was younger, criticized a lot. I don't like your attitude. And I didn't know what that really meant or how to change it. But what we're talking about today is an attitude of gratitude. Right. Really does hit home for me now. An attitude of gratitude. Christian Larson. If anybody read any Christian Larson, he came up with that phrase. But it's so true. It makes a difference. Change your attitude, change your life. Change your attitude, change your life. These things can seem so, you know, glib, but they're true. Oh, yeah. If you really apply them, they actually have meaning. Another thing we do when, we're, when we have a goal that we're working for, we forget to celebrate the little <laughs> steps along the oh. wins along the way. And that's, that's so important. We, we can't wait till the end of something right. being accomplished to celebrate. Celebrate the little steps along the way. Celebrate the daily wins. You know, if you have a goal of doing something large in your life, and today you made a step, a successful step in that direction, celebrate that day and that step. Really important. Because we can get, lose our motivation, right? We can get burned out if we wait all the way to the end to celebrate something. 
And we get bored easily. That's true. You can, you can reward yourself first for the goal that oh. you're trying to achieve. Reward yourself first. first. I like that. Emp empowering you to work towards that goal. All right. I like that. Reward yourself first to empower you to work further towards your goal. I like having dessert before dinner. Ah, dessert before dinner. <laughs> Always an option. One of those adulting benefits. Yes. <laughs> so here's what it comes down to. Each of us is a perfect and intentional expression of the divine. That's just a truth. That's what we are. That's what we're here to be. Each of us is God in form. So it gets this simple. When we celebrate, we're allowing spirit to celebrate through us. And that's why it's so unique, right? To each right. Of us because um, God is experience, experiencing itself through each of us. Right. And wanting to experience every single experience there could be. So yes. it's very different and from day to day. It's very different for each right. of us, right? Yeah, okay. we are one of the ways, I don't want to say the way, because we're just one, you know, there's a lot of creation, but we are one of the ways that spirit gets to express its infinite nature, because we're all so different. And if we try to be like everybody else, we're really denying spirit that opportunity to know what it's like to be us, to celebrate as us. If we refuse to find the joy in living, then there's no way for God to experience what it feels like to be a joyful human. Because the humans are the ones that have to give spirit that experience. Thank you for reminding me of Gurdjieff. Yes. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Gurdjieff is... <laughs> many philosophers from many traditions in their own words, but... This runs really close to his teaching. The sacred scriptures encourage us to celebrate, all of them. Anyone you pick up, you're going to find a celebration and joy. In the Psalms, I found this. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. And in the book of Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I'd like to close today with a short piece written by an author named Shauna Nyquist, or Nyquist, I did not look up the pronunciation. She said this, I want a life that sizzles and pops and makes me laugh out loud. <coughs> And I don't want to get to the end, or tomorrow even, and realize that my life is a collection of meetings, and pop cans, and errands, and receipts, and dirty dishes. I want to eat cold tangerines, and sing out loud in the car with the windows open, and wear pink shoes, and stay up all night laughing, and paint my walls the exact color of the sky right now. I want to sleep hard on clean white sheets and throw parties and eat ripe tomatoes and read books so good they make me jump up and down. And I want my everyday to make God belly laugh. Glad that he gave life to someone who loves the gift. So we second that as we close this half of our service in prayer. There's only one source of all of life. 
by whatever name we call it. And I know that I am that. And I know that each one of us is that, a perfect expression. And so as God's hands and feet and hearts and voices, I choose a life of sacred study, that disciplined way of opening my mind, that I might be in a constant state of conscious evolution. I choose a life of celebration that I might know that I am blessed and live those blessings, that I am a blessing, that it, each one of us is a blessing. But I might know that from moment to moment to moment. I give thanks for my growing awareness, my growing willingness, and it serves me well. And in serving me, it serves the world. And so in deep humility and with passion, I release my word, trusting it to the loving and lawful presence. I call it done, and so it is. Amen. Woohoo! <laughs> so every Sunday we invite you to join in our celebration and celebration of the work that we're doing in the community um, by sharing of your financial good, should you choose to do so. If you are at home, if you're online, you can go to mysticheart.org and find our donate button or our mailing address. And I just want to say that we deeply, deeply appreciate all of the support that comes in terms of the time, the talent, the skills, the treasure, everything that you offer, your presence, your love. It helps to make this beloved community what it is. Uh, we are doing some good work out in the world. We're helping to feed people we are um, serving one another in all kinds of ways. We're getting ready now to support Farmers Footprint, um, an organization that is helping farmers to retool what they're doing to shift off of the big agri-farming back to regenerative, organic, the way we used to grow our food. And so for every $100 that people donate to this organization, he's able, with his team, to regenerate an acre of land in a year. And he has a goal of six million acres this Yay. year. So we're going to try to collect up at least $100 to, to toss their way. So your lunch donations today, that's where they're going to go for a while. But I invite you to join me in our affirmation for our offering, knowing that these are really heartfelt words. They're not just something that we blah, blah, blah every week. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift free of spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance and so it is amen all right please enjoy celebration by playing for change
sucks. Oh. Don't you wish he'd started that that young? <laughs> uh, so we're going to take this moment to celebrate the abundance of this planet, the abundance of this universe, the abundance of this beloved community, and the generosity that each one brings, giving us of their time, their talent, their treasure, their prayers, all of us working together, giving together, can make a difference in this world. We can make that love so world. So I give thanks to each one here. I give thanks to Spirit or the ultimate source. And know that these, these gifts go out into the world and they do make a difference. So with a great, with gratitude, I really sit there <laughs> knowing it's so, whether I can say it or not. And so it is. <laughs> okay. So, with that said, let's sing a song and go eat lunch. I do encourage you to go online and check out Dr. Zach Bush. Any of the interviews, podcasts, any. He's an amazing human being. He's the guy that founded the Farmer's Footprint, and he's doing a lot of other things, too. So, check him out. Farmersfootprint.us